Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Hi guys, this episode is sponsored by Mochi, the hottest South Asian relationship app out right now. What I love about the Mochi app is it's the first South Asian app that's inclusive to all genders and open to all sexual orientations. It's available to download now on iOS and Android. So if you're looking to meet your soulmate or just to meet some friends, download it now. Hi guys, and welcome back to Emilanial Mind. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you to my next guest. He's the founder of Euphoria Events and also known from the Netflix series, Indian Matchmaking. So hey, Nadia, how are you? Hi, good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast after so long. I'm so excited to meet you. <laughs> yeah, same. So for people who don't know who you are or haven't seen Netflix, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. So um, if you haven't seen the show already, what were you doing during quarantine, if not watching Netflix? Um, I would love to know. Um, But yes, I am uh, one of the cast members of Netflix's show, Indian Matchmaking. Um, I am a born and raised Jersey girl. Um, I grew up here, went to college here, went to grad school here. Um, I now own a company called Euphoria Events, so I do um, events and and wedding planning. Um, I also company, I do fragrance marketing. Um, I am a dancer. I um, am a recent puppy mom. And uh, yeah, that is is my life in a nutshell. Amazing. You're doing so many different things. But in terms... (laughs) So many. (laughs) But in terms of matchmaking, just tell us a little bit about what the show is about, how it started, and why you went on it. Yeah, so um, I guess in terms of the background of the show, um, the very top line kind of information that I know is that one of the executive producers, uh, Smriti Mundra, she had actually worked with uh, Seema Aunty on a previous project that she had done. And in terms of my involvement, I heard about it through my dance Mm -hmm. company. We get casting emails for things. And so they sent this casting email and my girlfriend who manages the account, she forwarded me the email and she was just like, you should do this. And I was like, why? Because I'm the only single girl (laughs) on the whole team. And so I was like, I looked at it and then kind of sat on it. Like the invitation looked fake. Um, It just looked like somebody's, you know, they grabbed a photo from 
the internet of like Indian wedding and then they just slapped a Netflix logo on it and they were just like apply fine so I sat on it for a while and I was like you know what there's no harm let me just try and so the application process was pretty simple send a picture mm-hmm. this 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 I had a few casting calls and they're like oh you'll hear from us in about three months three months goes okay. by I send my follow-up email no response so I'm like oh maybe the project died they didn't pick me a whole you know slew of reasons and fast forward six months later so three months after I had sent my follow-up um, they emailed me like hey are you still single and are you interested in being part of this project and I was like yes, thank you for making me type that out. And yes, I would love to be a part of this. And so within a few weeks, we were filming. Oh my God, that's so crazy. I mean, I loved the show. I was addicted. I think I watched it all in like two days. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the problem with Netflix. Like you have no self-control. Exactly. So you're just watching the whole thing. Um, but what I wanted to talk to you about today on the podcast was the Indian expectation on marriage. Now, this is my favorite topic to talk about because I feel like every single person in my whole life asks me, Whenever I see them, when am I getting married? You know, why aren't you dating? When are you going to get married? Why are you not with someone? Is something wrong? Like there's always, it's always a topic of discussion, right? So I'm so happy to be discussing this with you. Um, but the first thing I wanted to ask was, you know, matchmaking, a lot of people were kind of shocked when they saw the program, right? A lot of people were like, Indian matchmaking, does that still go on? Like, is this a normal thing? And for like the Indians who were asking this question, I was like, are you living under a rock? Exactly. Like, where do you live? Who are your parents? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, this is a, I get sent people's bio data all the time, and here you are questioning what a bio data is. Like, what? I was so confused, right? But how was the matchmaking process for you? What did you feel from it? Was it like quite pressure? Did you feel like you enjoyed it? Honestly, I didn't mind it at all. I think one of the great parts of working with SEMA was that there was a choice. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. the misconception is, is that people think when you're in a matchmaking situation that you have no choice. And yes, maybe back in the day, that might have been a thing where it's like the families just decide and then, you you know, the children are kind of like, quote, forced into it. But Mm -hmm. now I think as matchmaking has evolved, I think the choice is there. The options are presented to you um, in the form of a bio data uh, or, you know, just meeting the person. Um, And you have the choice of, yes, I want to meet this person and, and, you know, date them or no, I don't. Um, And then that's the other thing is we had the option to date people. Um, I, I went out with all of the men that, that I was presented. um, And Mm. it was, it was as if, you know, I was using a, an app where, you know, I put in my criteria. Um, this is what I like. This is what I prefer, my preferences. And Seema brought Mm -hmm. me the, the results, you know, like how the algorithm worked. And then I was able to go out on dates with these men and decide whether or not I wanted to continue dating them. Um, and so I think that that was probably one of the biggest misconceptions or the things that people thought that like, we didn't have was was the freedom of choice yeah definitely but I think you know the thing around choice is that you know Akshay's mom was kind of saying to him him in the in the show like you're giving me high blood pressure you know you not being with somebody is making me feel stressed now that is like a common thing Indian parents say like you're stressing me out I'm not gonna be alive I want to get married what am I gonna do I'm never gonna have grandchildren like don't you want what you mean whoever had and it's almost like this pressure in that sense. So perhaps in terms of like how you're going to dating up and there's no pressure to 
like go ahead with things. And with this matchmaker, there was no pressure to marry the first boy you see. There is still a pressure on getting married. And there is such an importance for women, especially, to be married. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Honestly, I think it's just, quote, tradition of, uh, like, families wanting the women to... Well, okay, let's let's rewind a little bit and like go back. So in my yeah. opinion, I feel like in the past women like I feel like getting married was a way for a woman to like level up where, you know, if her family um, may not have been like the most wealthy or whatever, she potentially could marry mm -hmm. into a family that would like level her up, right? If they had money. Yeah. So they would, you know, do whatever they could to get her married. And then, you know, people were getting married. Like my, I think my grandma got married, like her, or maybe not my grandma, but her sisters got married at like 13 or like 14. And you're just like, oh my you gosh. are a literal child. Um, yeah. but they, you know, they did that because they, that family, their family, like may not have had the means to like take care of them. And so she married into like mm -hmm. a better family. And so, um, I think there was this expectation that like the gender roles back in the day were that women would take care of the, the house and the home and the men would do the, get, you know, hunt, hunting and gathering and they, you know, yeah. they, they would, um, you know, be the, the breadwinners. And so I feel yeah. like the pressure comes from that being the tradition that many generations had to deal with. And so now when mm -hmm. I'm now 33 and nowhere near marriage, it's like throwing my entire family off. Like what's wrong with her? Why is she doing this? And so, um, I feel like, that pressure is just something that's just been ingrained for so many years and so many generations that people feel they have to keep up that tradition. Whereas I yeah. think times are so different now. Women are independent and we make our own money and we don't need to be supported or leveled up by having any man. So um, I think that's something that needs to change. Definitely. And, you know, that was mentioned in the show a lot, right? Like, you're getting older, your age was something, not particularly you, but, like, everyone's age was mentioned. But it wasn't seen as such a time bomb for men. It was, like, for women. Apart from Akshay's mom, who was just so concerned that he had to get married. Yeah. But, like, and I, can't, I think he was, like, 25 or, like, 24. It was He's ridiculous. so young. He was so young. Yeah. But there was that pressure, I guess, from his mom. But, you know, even in terms of, in the show, they mentioned you know, once the older sibling gets married, they can't have a baby until the younger sibling gets married. Or, yeah. you know, once you're above this age, it's gonna be really hard for you. And that was one of the things Simanti in the show mentioned was like, there is an age expectation and the older you get, the harder it is for someone to be matched. Did you find that throughout the show that people were constantly asking about your age? And was that a pressure that you feel now when you meet someone? Um, I don't think on the show that was a concern from for me, or at least like in my part of the story, um, even though my age says one thing, I still feel like I'm 21, like living my best, <laughs> living my best life. Um, and so I don't think, I don't act older than I am. I don't act terribly younger than I am. I just feel like that mm -hmm. wasn't a concern at all. Um, and then I also think that that has something to do with vanity where like the older you get, yes. maybe you're not as like attractive anymore, but like, hello. So <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that that was uh, much of a concern, but in real life, when I'm meeting people, um, I don't think that it's, it's a concern because mm -hmm. like I said, 
the the men I'm going out with are older um, or generally mm-hmm. are older um, and they are you know some are looking to date like 21 year olds but most of them are looking for somebody who is you know at their in an appropriate age group for them and so I don't I think there's just this general understanding that you know people are just older now that's how dating is so yeah I mean people were making comments to my mom when they were like does Shivani not want to be with someone does she want to be an old bride and I'm like old bride like I'm 27 yeah I'm confused like how am I gonna be an old bride or like do you think I'm suddenly gonna like have wrinkles all over my face in the next five years I choose to not get married so there is this obsession I think you're right with the vanity aspect of it as well yeah but what were your experiences with this because you know in an Indian community normally you're not meant to be speaking to a boy until you're 25 (laughs) Uh, you're not allowed to speak to anyone during school. You're not allowed to speak to anyone during universities because the focus of everyone, the focus that your parents tell you is like focus on your studies, right? Like do not talk to any boys, don't date anyone. I mean, then you turn 25 and everyone's like, why are you getting married? Right. Why are you, you going to be an old bride? So it's like this weird timeline that we have. I mean, my parents were not as conservative, so I was allowed to have friends and boyfriends, but there still is this kind of like timeline. And someone came around actually a couple of what. Well, actually now six months ago and they were like you know you only have two years left and I was like two two years till what and they were like until you reach your prime and I was like I'm so confused I've just at that point I'd like just turned 27 Uh and I was like I have two years left you're saying and then then I'm in the bin like then I'm left off the shelf and that is like the most common phrase I hear that people ask me all the time like you're going to be left on the shelf right I'm like what does that even mean like I'm not just this, ex- this product that's going to expire I'm going to never be able to date anyone god forbid post 35 I will never be able to be with anyone in my whole life but what were your experiences with this growing up um growing up my my parents were pretty chill I like had a boyfriend in high school right like in high school it's like you go to the movies together or like you know cute little things you go to the mall um so they were cool with that but it was always still this kind of like touchy subject like they would let me have a boyfriend but like I wasn't able to do the things that like my white friends were able to do with their boyfriends um (laughs) and then in college I mean I lived in the dorm so like my parents weren't with me um but when I you know would try and like bring a boyfriend home for Thanksgiving or like if we were at Christmas or something like that it was always like how come I'm not allowed to have a boyfriend even to this day like my younger cousins like bring their boyfriends to weddings or they have like plus ones and they're like blah 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 and I'm like mom dad can I bring like this guy I've been dating for three years I'm not dating can I bring this guy I've been dating for three years they're like no what are people gonna say (laughs) I'm like, I'm older than everybody here. Everyone's expecting me to, like, have a boyfriend. Like, I think it'll be okay at this point. And so it's just, like, this weird thing. I just don't think my parents are, like, ready to accept that. Um, So I feel like part of me is, like, I'm just going to have to elope and, like, come home and be like, look, I'm married. Like, here it is. Um, But other growing up, I, I did condition my parents very early on, like, don't. Yeah ask me don't pressure me don't whatever and we'll be fine and so my immediate family and my cousins and aunts that I'm very close to they know like don't ask I will tell you when I'm dating someone I will tell you when something's happening if I need your help I will come to you right and so um I don't get the pressure from them but it's all of my extended family meaning like 
my nani's sisters and all of the aunties and the uncles like, oh, when is it your turn? When is mm-hmm. it your turn? So they're the ones I get the questions from. I just make a joke and kind of brush it off and we move on. But um, my yeah. my immediate family and like those, you know, part of my extended family that I'm very close to, uh, they know not to ask me anymore. Yeah, same. I think I'm the same as you. Like a couple of years ago, I kind of just would like blow up and be like, if you ask me one more time, that's it. I'm never going to tell you anything ever again, or I'm going to elope, and you'll never know. And they were kind of like, okay. And then also, I kind of like, they were kind of like scared, but also like, okay, you weirdo. But I feel like that conversation was really important to be like, you know, I will tell you when I'm ready because there's no need. I mean, I'm with you 100%. And when I look at my cousins and they're like, I'm at their house and their girlfriend just comes over and then they go in the other room and they watch TV. I'm like, what? I yeah. still have to, at this age, would have to get someone to drop me off, like, round the corner of my house, <laughs> and then I walk in. Like, no one can still drop me to my door, right? right. So, like, they're in, if someone was to come in, like, when I've had people before, as boyfriends, they've come in, there's, like, me, my mom and my dad in the middle, and then them. There's no, like, any personal space. There's not, like, oh, can we go watch TV? It's, like, no, let's all have a family dinner and conversation together for the time that that person is in the house, right? But now, you look at the younger generation, they're, like, I'm going on holiday with my boyfriend. We're just, like, going to chill and go watch a movie in the house upstairs. And I'm, like, what? This is, like, a completely different experience to what I experienced, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and one of the things I wanted to talk about as well was, like, there is also a pressure, I think, from extended family in terms of marriage, but also who you marry, right? So they're very particular and have a very big opinion about who you marry and who's worthy of you, I guess, in that sense. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that were mentioned on the show that I think people were kind of shocked at were like casteism, ageism, um, racism, I guess, in some elements. So, you know, there were some people that were saying, you know, I only want to have a fair person or a skinny person or, you know, those kind of themes were coming about. And, you know, I thought it was really important that the show showed that because it actually sh- it actually gave a real good insight into what it's still like within the Indian community, right? We still care about the cast. People still care about the color of the person's skin. People still care about how wealthy that person is. Um, and, you know, small things like, are they skinny? Are they petite? Are they, you know, um, flexible was one of the words used, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, are you flexible? Now that word just really sprung me off. You know? <laughs> I was kind of like... Why does the woman always have to be flexible, right? It's like all of these things, which, you know, I haven't watched the show in a while, but as I remember, we're kind of pinned onto the woman more than they were to the man, right? So it was very much apparent that like, you know, as a girl, you had to be slim and trim. As a guy, there wasn't really that much of a focus on it. Now, being on the show, did you kind of feel that that was portrayed correctly as to how people were actually describing it? Or do you think that's not as much of a problem as it is today in society? Um, I feel like there was a somewhat fair balance of it, actually, because um, there were, like, as much as Seema Auntie had kind of mentioned that for women she also did say it to brother one and she was like brother one you had 150 women like you need to be a little bit flexible or you need to like yes. you know look at what you're doing and so she did put that mm-hmm. same pressure on him um and so mm-hmm. part of like what had happened was was that like when people watched it there was like only a few mentions of like the color and cast it actually like didn't come up as much but I feel like those triggers like people really attached to them and then that's where like these conversations happen but the thing is is that this wasn't filmed 
many, many years ago. This was like very recent. And I think it was the mirror that the entire community needed in front of them to see like, this is still happening. These are real conversations. But then the problem is that like, when you download a dating app, and you are looking at the app, and you're filling out your profile, it asks you, what ethnicity Mm -hmm. do you want? What athletic, what body type do you want? It says, um, it'll say like, athletic, trim, like, you know, slim, it'll say like, fuller, Mm -hmm. or whatever the terms are that the app uses. It'll say, what education do you want this person to have? It'll Mm -hmm. say, what, um, almost anything, how tall you want this person to be, how old, what age bracket do you want this person to be? So I don't think that it's Mm -hmm. anything, like, everyone has their preference of what they, what they prefer, and that's everybody's, you know, that's somebody's choice, right? And so part of me is thinking, like, part of me thinks that these conversations is it are just to find out just information gathering like from the part of a matchmaker and this is part of her job like what do you prefer mm-hmm. like are you physically attracted to somebody who I don't know is is really tall or who might be like your same height or who might even be a little bit shorter than you and so the information gathering is a necessary part of being yeah. able to put two people together and so my, I didn't have that experience. Um, I did mention to her that I did want someone who was taller because I'm tall. I'm five nine, and when I put a pair of heels on mm-hmm. and I'm six foot, like I can't have someone who's like five six because yeah. that just for for my preference, it doesn't fit into the narrative I have mm-hmm. built in my mind for my for my partner. Um, but maybe that's not you know, everybody else's narrative, maybe somebody is okay with that difference. Um, And so from my experience that that's, you know, those are my preferences, but I think on the show, um, those conversations that happened in real life are still happening in real life. It's just people now they see it, they deny that it happens in their head or in their household. And they're just like, oh my God, I can't believe they're saying this because everybody thinks that they're like more woke or like holier than thou. But like when someone is actually having a real conversation, they get upset by it. And you're like, I don't understand. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot. It definitely sparked a lot of necessary conversation. Um, Yeah. Hi guys, this episode is sponsored by Mochi, the hottest South Asian relationship app out right now. What I love about the Mochi app is it's the first South Asian app that's inclusive to all genders and open to all sexual orientations. It's available to download now on iOS and Android. So if you're looking to meet your soulmate or just to meet some friends, download it now. So one of the other things that Seamanti had mentioned was that it was going to be difficult for her to match you because you were Guyanese. How did that make you feel when when she said that? And what, what does she kind of mean by that? do you think? So it was kind of twofold. One, I didn't know that comment until until I saw the edit of the show because obviously she filmed her portion um, much later. But um, part of me made me feel like when I saw it, I was just like, I'm sorry, being Guyanese, does that make me a bad person? Does that make me unmatchable? Does that make me like somebody that somebody would not want to date? Um, so slightly offended, but also, um, there was in, sometimes there are 
stigmas around being Guyanese or around being Indo-Caribbean in general or somebody whose family was taken from India and brought to different parts of the world. And so um, the stigma is that the people that were taken and, and brought as like the indentured servants were like lower class people. Um, and so the idea is that the people who have settled elsewhere um, that were taken from India are low low class people or like a lower caste and okay. so you wouldn't want to be matched with them um and so there's I think there's like that stigma around it but like I've met like I mean I talk about it on the show that my ex-boyfriend's Gujarati and he even though like he knew that he quote had to marry a Gujarati girl still dated me for a year and a half we lived together and I was just like I don't understand mm -hmm. like what this stigma is like what the problem is like does it make me a bad person wow. or unmarriable because I'm not Gujarati? Like, what? Unfortunately, it did reinforce things that I heard in my everyday life. Um, but it was also just like, does this make me somebody that is undesirable? Yeah, and I think those connotations around casteism and colorism that were kind of present in the show were things that really triggered people, right? So it was exactly what you just said, that, you know, sometimes we have these certain stigmas around people from a lower caste and, you know, from the color of their skin and, you know, where they're from, particularly in India as well, right? And to see that that was still present in the show, I think was quite alarming for people to think like, wow, these things still really exist today. And, you know, what do you think we can do to change that? I, my journey so far has really been educating people that, you know, Indo-Caribbeans mm. or just Indians settled anywhere in the world, um, are still very similar and have kept their roots and their heritage from whatever part of India they were from. Um, and, you know, we're actually mm -hmm. not that different. Um, if people just took like, I don't know, 0.2 seconds to just Google, um, you know, what somebody from Guyana is like, or an Indo-Caribbean or like uh, Indo-Fijian even, like, or Indians who live in South Africa, mm -hmm. like there are still so many similar threads throughout all of those different regions that still tie back to India but like Indians in mainland India still like or people who have left mainland India and came straight to America they think that like or in my experience they feel like they're they're like the the cream of the crop because they like left there and went straight to like the promised land of America whereas our families just yeah. took a little detour we just stopped somewhere else before we came to america so like what's the difference um yeah and so i think it is something that you know if people like opened their mind just like just slightly a little bit to 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 see that we're not that different i think it would be just such a appreciation for the reach of their culture or of their country yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's amazing you're doing all of that work around educating people. Um, but the other thing that I really wanted to talk to you about, especially as a woman on the show, was, you know, women generally, I think, face a lot more pressure in terms of being married. But one of the things that I'm really seeing a lot of and something that I think we really need to change is 
the emphasis we put on women to kind of compromise, right? And to not speak up and to not be too independent and to not share too much information. Um, I mean, you were really vulnerable on the show and I think people love that. They love to see that side of you that um, I don't think a lot of the other people showed in the show, but then there were other people in the show who were a lot more headstrong, right? Um, they were like, I'm not going to do this. This is not what I'm going to settle for. Um, I don't want a guy who has this, this or this. And they were often seen as difficult, right? So they were seen as being too picky. Um, and I think one of the phrases that we used was like, life is never equal and you have to compromise and you have to adjust. How did you feel being a recipient of that from hearing a lot of that stuff? Didn't really give me that talk. Um, I think she could tell that I was already open and understand like willing to kind of go into these situations open-minded and understanding of what was about to happen um and I think she didn't have to again have that direct talk with me because she already felt that from just our interactions um I feel like the flexibility comes from the side of the woman again only because that was just something that women were taught growing up generations and generations that we had to be the ones to to like make it work that we had to just like do whatever it took to make sure that our husband was happy or that you know our family was was um complete regardless of how we felt about Mm -hmm. it and so I think that is just a a generational term that uh I think gets lost with our generation Mm -hmm. um and I mean, Sima is, is older and, um, I think that's something that, again, generational thing that, that happened. I do think that all relationships require flexibility and compromise, but from both sides, not from just one. Um, and so I do agree with her that you do need to be flexible and you need to compromise and adjust. Um, but both people need to be flexible and compromise and adjust, not Mm -hmm. just one person. No, definitely. I think going back to what you said in the beginning, this was a choice, right? You guys chose to be on the show. You guys chose to have a matchmaker that was going to decide around giving you options for your relationship. So if you weren't open to that and you weren't willing to kind of try it out, then I kind of understood it from her point as well. I think they're just, I think what in the show was quite, sometimes triggering was when it was like the parents of the people on the show that would say things like the girl has to be flexible and it's like okay but is your son flexible or like the girl has to be slim Mm -hmm. and trim okay but is your son that and I think there's this different expectation on parents who have who want one thing for their son and another thing for their daughter and daughter-in-law right and another thing for their daughter and a completely different thing from their son-in-law so it's about like those expectations that I think were quite frustrating for people to watch to see how people will still have such a different idea of what their child is to what they want their, who they want to marry, right? They're just like, they are perfect, they are the light of my world. And then the person they marry are just like idiots or whatever the term was used. Sometimes it was like really harsh, but you're almost like, do you have no self-awareness of what your child is like? And so, you know, I think that was quite apparent in the show. And I think that's where those themes, I think a lot of it, like you said, was targeted at Seema Auntie because she was kind of stating the things people wanted, but she wasn't speaking, like that's her opinion. She was essentially just saying, this is what people want. And she was kind of the messenger in that. So she was shot down a lot, I think, and critiqued a lot in the show. But, you know, like we said, marriage and dating 
dating is almost like a taboo, almost like a weird state. But however, we're kind of seeing that change, right? With our cousins who are just bringing their girlfriends around and boyfriends or whatever. But marriage is still, you know, when you are unmarried and above, I think, the age of like 27, 28, I would say, even younger sometimes, people still have this kind of taboo against you, right? So there's, like we've said, this phrase is like left on the shelf. Um, you're going to be left behind. You're going to be unmarried forever. You're not going to be able to have children. You're not going to be settled. That word settled is like the most confusing word to me. I don't think I'll ever be settled in life. Even my life isn't settled now. If I had a husband and two children, I think I would just be a mess. Like, why do people think that that would make me feel more settled? I feel like I would just have more white hair and that would make me more unsettled. But, you know, whatever, that's what people say. But, you know, this expectation can be really toxic for a lot of people. And having this, having constant negative comments thrown at you um, can be quite hard. How do you cope with that? And did you actually get a lot of comments post the show? I, so I'm very grateful that I did not receive much hate message messages or critical critiquing messages from people most people would send very supportive very like caring kind messages and it was just so so Mm -hmm. sweet like the outpouring of love um the place where I did get a lot of questions or a lot of like critiques were from other Indo-Caribbeans or from for other uh, I guess mainly Indo-Caribbeans being like you don't know your culture you don't know your history you don't know like what your ancestors had to go through to like get to um Guyana and to get freedom and like all this stuff and I was like I am one of like the first Indo-Caribbean people on on a mainstream platform and you're gonna sit here and attack me for not knowing my my culture whereas now in 150 countries around the world people know what Guyana is so like let's just start there right and so that was like really where I was getting a lot of critiques um but most people, like I said, were very sweet, but to your point, every person feels like they could ask me of like, are you dating someone? You should date my brother. Here's his bio data. I have this cousin. I have this friend. I have this so-and-so and so-and-so and so. And I'm just like, I appreciate your message, but like, I just can't date. Right- I can't date right now. And honestly, People thought that once the show came out that it would be so easy. Guys would just be like throwing themselves at me, like whatever. Well, first of all, pandemic. Second of all, um, <laughs> like it's it's hard to, it's like, okay, everybody feels like they can set me up with someone. Oh, you'd be perfect for my brother. Oh, you'd be perfect for my cousin. Oh, you'd be perfect for my friend. Like h- how many perfect people can, <laughs> can there really be, right? Like people obviously are only basing my personality off of, you know, maybe an hour worth of my footage if you combined all four episodes. Um, but I mean, they did do a very accurate job of, of capturing my personality, I think. So uh, yeah. I agree with that. But and I'm not a raging bitch at all. Um, <laughs> but I'm also not somebody who is going to sit back and and let you walk all over me. I will state my opinion if I, you know, am unhappy with something. I will push back. I will have a very probably modern view on on the way I feel like gender roles and relationships should be. And uh, sometimes that doesn't sit well with people. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's part of what my expectation is for, for a relationship and um, whatnot. But uh, overall... 
people do feel like they can they can ask anything about my life at this point um, yeah. because I was so open and honest about everything on the show um, and uh, not not too many critiques. So that was I was Good. very grateful for that. Yeah, I think creating boundaries within an Indian culture is just unheard of. People don't understand when you're saying that. They almost are confused. Like, what? I can't just come over whenever I want. You know, if you don't call me back in one second, then you don't hate me. It's like, no. If I, if I call you back, like, the next day, it's okay, right? There's just this yeah. boundary when people are like, you know, I always found it weird when I was younger and I was dating. People would ask me, are you dating someone? And I could never say yes. I would always have to be like, no. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm not. And now people are like, why aren't you dating someone? And I'm like, where, where has the shift come from that it's almost right. like now the stigma that I say no? If I said yes, then people leave you alone. But when you say no, then it's like photo after photo, bio data after bio data, people just sharing. And then they take it personally. Like, why don't you want to date my ne- my my sister's husband's nephew? Like, why do you <laughs> do that? And you're like, I, I, I don't know. I haven't met him before. Like, he's really nice. It's like, okay I get that he's not my type oh what is your right. type so picky Shivali like this narrative and this conversation just can happen with anyone at any time so you know the pandemic has been great for me to kind of avoid all these social events <laughs> and now I think people will just kind of just not ask me because they're listening to my podcast and they're probably like I don't want a story to be shared on her podcast so I'm just not going to say anything so yeah. it kind of worked out really yeah. well to kind of do this in the pandemic and then now yeah. when I go back in the real world people will be scared um kind of bring up the conversation um but you know one of the things I really loved about you on the show which I haven't ever seen before is you mentioned your period like I know that seems like a really small thing kind of a groundbreaking moment for me watching that because I haven't really seen actors um especially within Bollywood or you know in the kind of Indian film industry mention like my period makes me upset, my period makes me hormonal, my period brings out different emotions to me. And I think that's why a lot of people find it difficult to kind of have those conversations at home, number one, because in terms of within an Indian household, women just are just, they don't speak about things like that openly, right? And so for you to say that on a show was kind of like a groundbreaking thing because people were almost like, it's a normal thing for you to say. And you kind of normalize that for me. So I love that that you did that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's, that day so let me just set the stage ready so (laughs) the day before I worked a 22 hour day I had a wedding the day before so I was working we were filming I went to sleep that night they were like we're gonna be at your house at 8 a.m to set up so I got home after working that long of a day I had only a few hours sleep I woke up that morning and the first thing we were shooting was the scene in my in that white dress Mm-hmm. And I woke up, you know, was was getting ready, and then I realized I got my period, and I was like, I just got my period. I have to go wear this white dress and sit on the couch and like talk about, you know, what has happened, what's transpired over the last, you know, um, few days and whatever. And I was just like, oh my goodness. So I get ready. We're sitting. And every question just like dug a little bit deeper. And so I forget the question that that she had asked. And um, I, I was just like, I was like, okay, hold on, like, I need a minute because like, Mm -hmm. me after answering the question, I just felt like this like, you know, you feel like that lump in your throat, right? And I was just like, I just need a second. She's like, what's happening? And I was just like, 
I just feel <laughs> that it all came out, right? I was like, everybody's moving on. And I'm just a very optimistic person. And so I am always like, oh, like everything's fine, la, la, la. And it, that was the just one moment where I was like, you know what? Everything's not fine. Yeah. I hate that I'm not quote, moving on with my life. And although I'm doing so many things and my life is moving at the speed of light, I'm not moving on in the way that I'm expected to move on at this age of my life. And so I broke down and I was like, okay, I started sweating. And I was like, I know that this is because of my period. I'm like, oh, I hate having my period. And so when I said that, I knew I was still mic'd up. I knew they were still filming. And I was like, oh my God, I hope they cut that out. And I mean, I didn't say anything. And I was just like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So we ended up cutting and then um, I like kind of just calmed down and whatever. And then we continued. But um, when they kept that in and I saw it play back and I was like, it, I I loved it. I was like, that was actually one of my favorite moments in the show or as part of my story. Yeah. And I was just like, OK. And then, like you said, it did spark a conversation of like women can talk about their periods. Every, almost every woman, almost every woman in the world has their period at some point. Um, and it's just something that's normal. Yeah. And, you know, we need to make it more normal. Like, people don't say openly, guys, I'm having a bad day because I'm on my period. And that's okay. We should be able to say that, right? But people are almost, like, freaked out by when you say that you're on your period. And it's, like, it's a very natural, normal thing. We really need to normalize yeah. it. Yeah. I love that you did that. And I thought it was so Thank powerful. You. Yeah. And the great thing is that like, so part at, at work, I actually am like our quote resident femme care expert. Um, and then I also, you know, got the opportunity because of that to work with so many women, you know, women and girls organizations that are trying to kind of like fight this like period stigma of that, like mm -hmm. women are dirty during their periods and that women are, um, you know, not, you know, deserving of having like yeah. basic sanitary you know needs um and so that's been such a great um I guess like byproduct or like side effect of of the show that's amazing and you know within the yeah. Indian culture we have a lot of superstitions right and if you're in a period you can't go near something if it's a Wednesday you can't cut your hair if it's a Tuesday yeah. you can't like I don't know go outside for more than 10 minutes like all these weird things that we have in our culture that <laughs> one of the things that we really need to break down is the, is the superstitions around period and how you can actually work on your period you can pray on your period you are not dirty you, you can touch things on your period and it's not going to turn into flames right so yeah. You know, we have a lot of these superstitions and I love that you broke that down. So that was incredible. But one thing you said, which I think is so powerful, is that you had this idea of where you needed to be and where you were, right? And I think especially for a lot of Indian girls, I thought I'd be like married and have three kids by the time I was 25. Oh, same. Like, here I am, 27, not near to any of those things. And, you know, sometimes as much as I am an advocate of fighting for, you know, fighting against these stereotypes, people often forget that it still affects me, right? So even though I will say all the time that we shouldn't feel pressured and I'm not going to marry someone or have children because of a timeline and I, won't, and I won't, doesn't mean that the 26 years of my life that I've been conditioned to believe that I'm old and it is a bad thing that I'm doing about speaking up about it. It's something that I'm being too picky about. Um, yeah. You know, all these things that we've been conditioned to believe, I'm having to unlearn them. So when people say, yeah, but you don't really care. And it's like, 
not succumb to the stereotype doesn't mean I'm not affected by it, right? And I think the right. expectation we have on women is still apparent. Yes, I don't think people are marrying people when they're like 19 because they have to. Do some people still feel the pressure by the time they get to their mid-20s to find someone? 100%. I truly believe that, that people are still... yeah. A, not able to unlearn the whole life of learning right if they're unable to right. unlearn all of these thoughts and things that we've been told through society and these societal expectations can still have a really toxic effect but what's the one thing you'd like to change around the Indian expectation towards marriage or dating in fact as well oh that like dating is okay how are you I always say this to my parents I'm like do you just expect that my husband's just gonna walk through the door like I have to date somebody to know if I want to marry them so like why are like exactly you know we we mentioned this like a few times during the podcast like how like if dating is such a taboo and then like all of a sudden at a certain age the the lights flick like the light switch flips you know the other way and they're like Oh, how come you're not married yet? Well, you didn't let me date anybody. So how am I supposed to know that I want to marry somebody because I wasn't able to date them before? That is, yeah, probably the number one thing is that like you let your kids explore dating, explore yeah. different types of people and find out what they like and what they don't like and, and what who, who treats them right and what lessons they need to learn in dating before, you know, jumping into like headfirst into marriage. Um, and I think I, I understand those pressures. Like what you were just saying is that like, I'm 30, I just turned 33 uh, in December and it is as much as I had that plan too. I was like, I'm going to be married by 25. Because my parents had me when they were 25. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have both of my kids before I turn 30. I was like, don't care like when I get married. But like before 30, I want to have two kids. Um, I want to do this and this and this. And like, obviously none of that worked out. Um, and so I do somewhat feel that pressure because I'm like, okay, after a certain age, my eggs are just not as, you know, available anymore mm -hmm. um and so like what does that look like for me does that look like I have to freeze my eggs does that look like I have to um you know maybe potentially get a shot every day that I have my pregnancy does that look like I'm gonna be you know 40 when my kid's in fifth grade and then you know like whatever it is and so that's just gonna be my story but I do feel that pressure from myself only because biologically it might not be possible later on but yeah. I am also open to adoption so yeah. that having that option I'm like okay I feel a little bit better but um that that kind of unspoken pressure like you said having to unlearn that I don't need to quote settle for anybody I'm not going to settle for somebody I hate when people say settling yeah. down because it's like why am I going to settle um, when I don't want to settle, I don't want my life to be settled. I, I want to continuously be moving and be moving forward with this person with me. Um, so settling for somebody is not like an option. Right. And at this point I've, I've accepted that. Like if I'm, if I'm not going to be married, like whatever, I'm not going to be married. I'm just going to live my best like single life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's also that, idea of like I actually don't want to be an older mom and I said mm -hmm. by the time I'm 36 which seems really soon which it is three years is not a long time I had said 36 or 37 that I would want to either um have you know some type of procedure where I would you know get pregnant or mm -hmm. 
adopt because I was like, I do want to start that phase of my life. And, um, I am kind of like putting that pressure on myself, but I don't need a man to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't need a husband who might not like want to have a kid or who might not like want to do this with me. Um, and I mean, it is what it is, but it's my life and this is, I, I do want to be a mom. And if that's the way that it's going to happen, then it's going to happen in that way. Um, And so, yeah, but if I could change something, it would be let your kids date and don't expect them to just go from not dating to married from like overnight. Cause like, what is that? Um, but also like being able to have the conversation around sex, because as soon as this absolute second you're married, the very next question is, when are you having kids? Well, I'm sorry. I've never had the sex conversation before. Like, where do kids come from? Like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, now you're married. Like, so now you're an adult. Now you can sleep. Your boyfriend can come sleep in your bedroom. Or, like, now, Mm -hmm. like, all of this stuff can happen. All of the timelines and, like, the way that, like, everything just switches literally overnight just blows my mind. When you're married, it's like the seal of approval, right? Yeah, but why? I have no idea. I think it's more just we've been conditioned in that way to think once you're married, everything's settled. Like we said, everything's proper. So anything bef- before that is almost like a scary conversation. It's it's too, it's too awkward. It's like within the Indian community, generally everything is awkward to mention. But that conversation yeah. is like even more awkward. But, you know, dating and, you know, just to kind of add to what you were saying, the reason why it's harder now to have that conversation around dating is dating is so much harder than it was like 15 years ago. You know how we now have the three dots that are showing you when someone's typing. So you're like constantly on your phone. You now can see when someone's read your message, you can now like people now ghost you. Like people, when I tell my mom about that, she like doesn't understand what that means. She's like, what do you mean? They just don't reply. Like maybe they're just busy. And you're like, no, they're ghosting you, mom. You don't understand. And she's always like, I don't get it. Or like, you know, you see their Instagram story, but they haven't messaged you back or, you know, they're online on Facebook, but they're not online on your, on your phone. It's just like this constant mind game. It's just so much choice. Like the paradox of choice, like there's so much choice. You never know who to choose. Right. So it's so difficult because now you have the option to meet somebody on an app. You have the option to meet someone in a bar. You have the option to meet someone on holiday. You have the option from like a friend of a friend. Our parents literally had like, who lives with them. And friends and so they're like you have so much choice and it's like yes if someone offered me 10 packets of crisps and i had to choose one it'd be so much harder than if someone offered me two packets of crisps and i have to choose one and they're always like we don't understand that example it doesn't make any sense and i'm like forget it like dating is so much harder in the 21st century than it was like when my parents dated right it was completely different so i do think that's why it's also harder for people to commit because there is that whole paradox of choice um but you know it shouldn't be such a bad thing if people are dating at a later age and i would really encourage people who are listening and watching this kind of try and unlearn as well all the things that we've been taught because i had these preconceptions around people who were 30 like if someone was like 27 or 28 and unmarried i was like whoa <laughs> they're crazy like they're never gonna get married and like now i'm like oh my gosh like i was so judgmental because these were the things that yeah. i was taught right and, like unfortunately you only learn things when you kind of go through them so 
I kind of want to share that message around making sure we all are trying to unlearn things before we go through them so we can kind of have that understanding and that compassion for people that are going through that and we don't add to the pressure and the toxicity of it all but thank you so much for coming on the podcast I have had the best time talking to you I feel like we could actually just cover so many more topics especially around dating um but I'm really grateful you came on the podcast and thank, thank you so much. you. This was wonderful. Yeah, I agree. I was like, there's so much more that I could share just based off what you just said as well, but maybe for another time. <laughs> for sure, definitely. Well, I'll definitely see you soon. Yeah, thank you too.